right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Next Flicks. Next Flicks. So today, we have a follow-up to our bonus episode. Yeah, I don't really do the bonus episodes afterwards, but this time it came first. This time it came first, variety being the spice of life. It just made sense. And uh, sorry if you just heard your ears explode. <laughs> Braden hit the mic. Um, so today, we are going to be talking what we're doing here yeah talking we talk we, we converse we converse we con- conjugate about the princess bride the probably best movie ever if we screw this up <laughs> we are done that's it 40 people aren't listening anymore the 40 people are not listening anymore is that our current thing is that where we're at i think we're actually up to like 78 total yes listeners. if you're the 78th person <laughs> thank you for not letting us stay at 77 also i when i uploaded the last episode I immediately got this thing that five people have already downloaded it. And I know I have it automatically downloaded. Yep, I know you and Al do. So that yep. means at least two other people automatically download the podcast. That means that there are two people out here. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Well, my dad doesn't listen. so <laughs> My dad had like a 12-hour drive to Florida a couple weeks ago, so we listened to all the episodes back to back. <laughs> oh, man. That's kind of scary, actually. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, hopefully we did good. All right. So before we get into the movie proper... I had one question I forgot to ask you in our bonus episode. Okay. If you haven't listened to our bonus episode, we recasted The Princess Bride, if they ever did a remake of it. Yes. Because that's going to happen someday. The only question I, I forgot to ask, is there anything you change about the movie if they remade it? One thing. Okay. And it's not a story thing. Okay. Because I'm of the camp that the story is awesome. Yes. I don't know how people aren't of that camp. But just, some aren't. I don't know. They must hate fairy tales and love. So legitimately, the biggest thing I would change in the movie is when they are rolling down the hill. Yeah. And the terrible voiceovers. That's such an awkward scene. That is the thing. It also takes like 10 minutes when they roll down the yeah, hill. Yeah. That is like, that is the one thing I would change. The, ah, you, like, you know, that is the one thing I would change. I would change two things. Okay. And they actually both have to do with the book. Okay. In the book, it's the book is being written. Basically, the book is written by the sick boy. Like, his dad read, read, him the, the, read him this fairy tale when he was a child, and so he's writing down, like, an updated version of this to publish. So I would kind of change how the story is told. So it's not the grandpa and the grandson, although that's really cool. I would change it so it's, like, just the grandson narrating the whole movie. As an adult, yeah. So kind of like I referenced in the bonus episode, the uh, um, the Jim Carrey series of unfortunate events. Yeah, how they had Jude Law narrating that. I yeah. kind of have it done like that. And the other thing is, although I think Mandy Patinkin did a great job telling the story of Inigo mm-hmm. Montoya's childhood, mm-hmm. I want to actually see Inigo Montoya's childhood in the book. Yeah, yeah. So in the, yeah. In the book, there's a long chapter about Ding- Domingo Montoya and about when the when the count came to him right. when, and which Domingo. in the movie is just summarized in two minutes to really and you gotta do that for yeah, a yeah you can't it's not the main focus yeah but now films are a bit longer and I think mm-hmm. they have time for that scene yeah so this movie was only an hour 38 <laughs> yeah it's, it's shockingly short yeah. for how good it is yeah considering Avengers was like two and mm-hmm. a half hours long exactly because they're saying the next one's gonna be three hours minimum holy crap yeah the next Star Wars is probably that's gonna be a, three hours minimum that's a bold move I feel like if you make movies that long, you have to have an intermission. Almost. That's a bold move. That's yeah. a, not even Lord of the Rings in theaters went that long. 
Yeah, that's no, why they did the extended director. Yeah, cuts. that's yeah. interesting. Okay, so let's dive into this, man. Without further ado, this is this is Braden's baby. It's my favorite movie. So it's, I don't think it's the best movie, but it's the movie I always want to watch. I'm never in a mood yeah. where I don't want to watch Princess. Well, Bride. you could say to you, it's the best movie. Yeah. I mean, not even that. There are movies I enjoy more. Oh, okay. But I have to be in certain moods to watch those movies. Sure. This is the always constant. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Go. Okay. So, it starts with the grandson is sick. Yeah. In a very 1980s bedroom. Yeah. The most 1980s ever. Even in the kid's haircut. (laughs) It's true. The longer since that movie has come out, the more dated that opening scene looks. Oh, for sure. Well, back then, it was just like today. Yeah. I mean, like that was modern day. It's true. <laughs> There's even like the football jersey has up on the wall. It's a really old football player yep. that my dad talks about. Yep. And then the grandpa comes in. Yep. And it's Peter Falk, who is amazing. Who is great. He's such a grandpa character, too. Oh, He's yeah. He's got the tweed jacket. He was a great pitcher. That's the only one that he would was. do it today is Nick Nolte. <laughs> or Jude Law. Just fight you on that. I thought of someone else to do it, too, and I can't remember who it was. It's going to bug me. All right, back to it. Back to it. Sorry. Um, so the grandpa's going to read him this this fairy tale Kay. that he said his dad read to him. Right. Also, is the kid's dad not in the picture? Uh, I don't know. Doesn't, he could just be at well, he might, just, be. he might be at work, but they also never really talk about it. Maybe he's just watching him for the weekend. Yeah, but. No, he's at his house because his mom's there too. Hmm. There's a deeper story here. The parents there, are Yeah, we need a we need and a grandpa's over a lot. Yeah, we need to distract from the main story to find out what's in this kid's family. Oh, they they mention when the when the grandpa starts reading the fairy tale that it's written by S. Morgenstein, S. Morgenstern, mm-hmm. who is the fictional author that supposedly wrote the original fairy tale in the book, hmm. which I found as a, as a fun little reference for the book. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the book, the, the author of the book, William Goldsman, is supposed to be from Florence, the fictional city where the, the oh. main story takes place. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I just find that kind of funny. <clears throat> so it starts with a scene that I think is better than any Nicholas Sparks movie in total, when Buttercup and Wesley are slowly falling in love. So, yes. And then the kid's like, ew, is this a kissing book? Is this a kissing book? It's exactly it's, how it, kids react. It totally is a kissing book. I didn't want to watch this movie for a long time because I thought it was a kissing oh, book. Oh, yeah, for sure. It is a really <laughs> uh, a classic love kind it, of thing. And it, it's a very quick scene, but it does a very good job of establishing the relationship yeah. effectively. Yeah, I'd say so. Because you, you see the start of them, like she's picking on him. Right. And then she is slowly falling in love with him. In about two minutes. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think that yeah, that scene sets up, um, I mean, the important relationship that those two have for the rest of the movie. Um, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much. It's great. I I, I love the the line. Uh, what is what is that line? Whenever he said "as you wish," he was really saying "I love you," and soon yeah. she realized she loved him back. Yep, I love and that. And then they kissed and kissed. <laughs> but then. He goes off to find his fortune so he can afford to marry her, and he dies at sea. Yeah, so, um, yes. Yes, I'm, I have a thing I want to say with that, but I know I don't know if it's, like, now's the time to say it, or we talked about it when he reveals that he's the pirate. You can go ahead and say it now. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know more. Maybe I need to read the book for this. 
You don't. So I want to know more because <clears throat> how does he go from nice, mild manner, farm boy? And I'm not necessarily critiquing this. I just I want to know the story, of how that swung from that to piracy. So here's the thing, in the book they discuss it as much as they do in the movie. Really, like it's it just very, happens. He he leaves. There's a yeah. scene where she like sees him off. Yeah, and then he she gets a letter a while later that he's dead. See, I just I want to investigate that. Yeah, what happened a little bit? Like what changed him? Well, he does work for the pirate for a while. Yeah, but like, but you know, I mean, you know, it's a pirate. Like that's that's a good question. Like. He's supposed to be this hero, right? But he's been a pirate for five years. That's the th- he's kind of an anti-hero. And and there's the there's the the dread pirate Robert takes no survivors. Has exactly. he been killing people that, for five years? You got it. That's that's maybe, a pretty big departure from the farm. Buttercup might be in love with the wrong person. I just, so I so okay yes. <laughs> so either that or the initial picture that you think of is not being painted here. Yeah, I, and I don't know. Maybe he's been like. Maybe he's a pirate, but he's not really doing piratey things. He also seems to be alone the whole movie. Like, where's his ship? His crew. Well, yeah, where's his crew? They're docked somewhere, right? They're like docked off the coast. I think you said. That's that's it. That's I like. I'd like to know what's happening on his ship. Yeah. The captain's gone for like a week. Yeah. And they like it, maybe they all have a break. I don't know. Yeah. Are they just vacationing in Gilder? There's this. Here's the thing. <laughs> Piracy just—it wasn't explained. I don't—I don't know. I'd like to know more about that situation that yeah. led to the piracy being his life uh, career choice, for lack of a better term. And he's been doing it for a year. And what took him so long to come back to Buttercup? It, well, yeah. Hmm. No, that's a good question. It's um, not like she's gone anywhere. No. Um, well, he might have heard about the marriage. No, he heard about the marriage. Yeah. Well, why hasn't he come back sooner? He's he's been the Dread Pirate Robert so here's for the a thing. couple years now. Who you think he is in the beginning of the movie doesn't really add up with kind of everything he is later. Yeah, I think we need to come back to this point okay. when he actually does come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. So he goes off to sea. Yeah, he dies, or she thinks he's died. Yep. She's never gonna love again. Yep. And she's going to marry Humperdinck because he yep. needs a queen. Yeah. So standard medieval i need a queen i'm gonna take someone here and the that i find attractive there's a really cool part in the book which if, if they redo it i want to see this happen the whole like first part which is like the first three or four chapters up to when humperdinck asked her to marry him they're talking about the most beautiful women in the world mm-hmm. and like they have this long little intro about the most beautiful woman in the world and how buttercup becomes the most beautiful woman in the world mm. after wesley dies mm. typical yeah and so, and Count Rugen meets Buttercup just by happenstance yeah. and tells uh, Humperdinck. And Humperdinck shows up on the farm and more or less says, marry me or I kill your parents. And she at first says no. And she says, I can't love you. And he says, who said anything about love? I need a queen legally. She said, all right, fine. Ha! <laughs> standard, that would actually be very interesting. Standard Middle Ages relationship. I feel like with a longer runtime, they'll probably, they would Maybe. probably do something like that. Okay. All right. But she doesn't love him. No, of course not. So she spends all this time riding her horse. Yeah. And she gets set upon by Fezzik, Inigo, and Vincennes. Yeah, so this is when we first meet 
Um, the trio of ne'er do wells. Yeah, is that that's, that's I guess that's the best way yeah. to say that. The, the three musketeers. But yeah, evil. <laughs> yeah. So this is when we first meet them, and uh, we don't know that at the time, but they've been hired. Yeah. To kill her. No. Well, they're 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 supposed to kill her to start a war. Yeah. Such cool characters, though. Yeah. I like I like the the, guy, the, the trio. Yeah. Yeah. I like. <coughs> And I do like how they, the first scene you see them, you see them just standing on the shore and they're asking their questions. They set up so much about their characters with just that first shot. Because mm. Fezzik is just this monster standing next to them. Yeah, that sets it up there. Anigo is there, he's holding his sword. He looks like he's ready for a fight already. Yeah. And Vincini's got this like sly smile, like he knows more than what you do. The intelligence thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it sets it up so perfectly. Yeah, you're right. This movie does a good job of introducing characters very quickly mm-hmm. to get you established in the story so they can move the story along. Yeah, for sure. They didn't have any time to waste. Yeah. I mean, Count Rugen says all of one line before you know exactly what kind of person he is. Exactly. That's kind of like. cool. This plays on stereotypes. Yeah. And then we get, we they, they kidnap the princess. Vincini admits that they're going to start a war by killing her on the Gildor front. And then he has one of his, one of the best lines ever. Inconceivable! Yeah. Except, I forgot, he starts it softly. Yeah, he's getting more and more flustered as the yeah, movie goes on. Yeah, it starts with, that's inconceivable. You know? And then it kind of like, it, I totally forgot there's that progression where that line builds in intensity. Yeah, as his plans are being say, more yeah. and more dissolved by Wesley. Exactly. So, that's interesting. Yeah. Fezzik likes to rhyme, which I think is just cute. <laughs> they bring it up all of once and it's the really rhyming funny. giant the rhyming giant yeah man I, we mentioned this in the bonus episode Andre the giant not a great actor no the perfect physic though oh of course it, and i think it was supposed to be that way yeah honestly if you look into his life and into like into the backstory of physic's life in the movie in the book they're actually shockingly similar backstories hmm yeah it's kind of funny it's almost like Andre the giant really is physic in real life maybe he was maybe he was Then they interrupt the movie. They interrupt the story for a second to go back to the grandpa and the grandson. Yeah. yeah. She, she jumps from the boat. She's about to get eaten by eels. And the grandpa stops and so, tells the grandson, you know, she's not, she doesn't die here. I always found that kind of funny to me. Why is that? I, I don't know. I, it seems like they feel they have to reestablish that this is a story being told. Mm. And I've never understood that. But for some reason, it seems to fit perfectly. Hmm. And I think also hmm. it's partially so you can see the grandson getting more and more into the story. Hmm. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird thing to think about because they don't need that at all. No, I would say they don't need most of the interruptions that happen. Yeah. Um. And and he doesn't interrupt. What's the too importance often. of that? I don't Why know if there is. They, other than they just want to establish they're telling a story. It almost feels like when they made the movie, it was about 20 minutes short. Yeah. So they add the intro, the outro, and this little scene. I wonder. Is that might be it. I don't know. But there's a funny little line. Is that how it? the book's told? That, so in the book, there's like these little footnotes throughout it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like little things like when my dad would tell a story, he'd stop here and he'd say this or okay, something like that. But there's never like specifically those, the grandson and the grandfather. No, it's not. It's it's being told as a guy telling this story that his dad used to tell him growing up. 
So I don't know. Maybe it's just a little total filler. Book. Total it, filler. It might just be filler. It's worth it though. It's funny filler. It's yeah. Is it? But that just that's interesting. Okay. Also, you got to use Peter Falk somehow. She. Well, yes, you do. So Peter. if you were okay, so the interruption happens. Yeah. And they're back in the water with eels. Okay, so we jumped over. They got into the boat and they were taken over to go get killed. Kind right. Of. Um, and there's a small ri- a sailboat behind them. Yeah, there's a small boat behind them that turns out to be nothing. Uh, no, it's Wesley. He, he's he's following them and gaining on them. Well, that night turns out. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I didn't phrase that correctly. Yeah, yeah. Because Inigo notices him and then he says, he's gaining on us. Is he, is he using the same wind we are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love back in the old days where you could make jokes like, is he using the same wind? Does he have like a god working for him or something? Is he using the same one? He just and has a faster boat. He has a, he has, it's a much smaller, much faster boat because it's just yeah. him on his tiny little raft, basically, yeah. <laughs> somehow catching up to He's them. on the, the Jack Sparrow raft. That's what he's yeah. on. The yeah. one that Jack Sparrow rides in on. You got it. Um, and then they get to the Cliffs of Insanity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is where you see Anigo, or Fezzik first be the giant. He's carrying yeah. four of them up there so and booking it. I want to know... That B-roll shot that they've got of, I don't know if it's B-roll, but it's like a shot of the, the wide shot where you can't really see anyone's face. Yeah, yeah. But it's this guy climbing up a rope. Yeah. I just want to know, like, where was that guy that did that just, did he have mannequins on him doing that? Or, like, was he? It had that? to be mannequins. They couldn't use anything else. Uh, I know it had to be, but. I Unless kinda, it was like. I just kind of want him to be able to do that, okay? <laughs> no, that's the funny part, because Andre the Giant could do most of the stuff that he does in the movie. Sure. But at the time, he was having terrible back problems. Hmm. So they had to, like, special effects most of his stuff. Even though in his life, he could have done most of it. Could he have carried three people? Oh, yeah. I mean, you gotta consider, though, Buttercup, she's not a, she's a a small woman. Yeah. She probably weighs, what, like, 120, maybe? Yeah. And in Ego's life, he's... 150, 160, maybe. And Vincini's pretty small. Yeah, I mean, that, you're probably looking 400 pounds total, which is a lot. Is a lot for us. Yeah, <laughs> not for Andre the Giant. That's fair. That's a good point. I keep calling him Andre the Giant. I mean Fezzik. No, I forget which one. Interchangeable. Is the um, okay, so they start climbing up this. So they get to where they're going. They're climbing up a cliff face. Um, they're going up this, this yeah. wall, and then um, they get to the top. They cut the rope. Yep. But the man in black is still climbing up the wall face. Yeah, so he was climbing behind them. Yeah. They cut the rope, and he catches the wall. Somehow. Yeah, which Magically. is awesome. Yeah, so Wesley's very limber, apparently. That's another good... That's, he learns all this stuff very quickly. He, like, he's, he's been gone five years. Yeah. How does he learn to not only sword fight better than the world's expert, and also how to climb rock walls? Apparently the pirates like... The pirates do a lot of yeah. extreme sports. Uh, well, you wouldn't think so since they're on a boat. But have you watched the newer Point Break? Uh, no, I haven't. So mm-hmm. the the main character is a snowboarder. No, he's a he's a he's a motocross expert. Okay, but he also is this fantastic snowboarder, this fantastic surfer. He's a mountain climber. He's a, he's hangs uh, hang gliding. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it though. And they never mention the fact that he knows all this extra stuff because he only <coughs> knows BMX bikes. But you can oh, do all this stuff. Maybe I, I think I saw that one in the theaters. I think you did. Anyways. Um, so, at this point, though, they're kind of like, what the heck? And he starts to go, inconceivable. And he starts to, like, ramp it up a little bit. And this is when uh, uh, 
Anigo has one of my favorite lines. They keep on using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. One of the best lines of the movie. It's so funny. When I first heard that, I said that all the time. It annoyed, oh, yeah. It annoyed my older brother so much. I still say it. I, I made a note at this point. Everything in the movie seems just a little wrong. Like, it all seems just a little fake. Oh, for sure. And I think it's supposed to remind you this is happening in a child's imagination. Yeah, so the, there's a lot of, which kind of works for the, eight, what was this made in, 87, I think? Yeah, it's like old. I think that kind of works in his favor to mm-hmm. create a fantasy world that looks a little weird because it is in a kid's mind. Yeah, and that's one, that's one thing I like about this movie, and almost why I think it never needs to be remade, is that it, it looks a little dated, special effects are terrible, but it's yeah. also, they have Sound the, effects. Sound awful. effects suck. Yeah. But they have the... the the sort of perfect net of this is supposed to happen in kids imagination mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everything's going to be a little wrong in kids yeah. imagination that's a really interesting observation yeah and it, it's it's one thing that made me really love the movie more is that when i realized that yeah that's good so they leave an ego behind yeah so they leave an ego behind behind to kill the masked man because who, who they don't know is wesley at this yeah point. they just call him the man in black here's what i love about this entire next scene while wesley's climbing up the face of the rock to the top there um how cordial they are oh they're such gentlemen i love how they're gentlemanly i can toss you a rope but i don't think you'd want it because i'm just waiting here to kill you that does put a damp on our relationship (laughs) yeah that that entire (laughs) sequence um is so cordial and so nice um there's something there about like the 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 knightly courtesy for sure hear about an old story yeah and then they fence no, because you skipped my favorite part of the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Anigo, Anigo is trying to get him up the cliff faster because he's yeah. bored. Yeah. And th- this is, by the way, in the movie while he's waiting for Wesley to climb the cliff. Yeah. Or in the book. Mm-hmm. That's when he has his whole flashback to his childhood and stuff. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a good place to put it in the book. And that's sure. where I think you could put it in the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> but he offers Wesley the rope again. And Wesley says, there's nothing you can tell me that would make you trust you. And he has this very serious line where he kind of quietly says, I swear on the soul of my father, Domingo Montoya, you will reach the top alive. And Wesley trusts him immediately. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that. I don't know. There's something about that Wesley understands that kind of loss somehow. Because hmm. they never explain what hap- what's up with Wesley. Like, why is he uh, alone working at that farm? Wh- he, right. Or why is he a pirate? I mean, Wesley's a very, He's a very, very questionable character. It, he almost, like... Just from, like I, I like King Arthur's stories, and the kind of character that Wesley is feels like someone who was orphaned and adopted, mm. and is like basically being a slave from the adopted family. I almost yeah. wonder if Wesley's not an orphan somewhere. Yeah, because he has no real family to ever talk about. Maybe he, maybe his dad's dead too. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that actually. We want to know more about Wesley. I yes, that's <laughs> what I'm getting here. We had a whole movie just about Wesley. So they get to the top. He helps him up to the top. Um, and he, he, again, nightly courtesy, lets Wesley rest a little bit. Take a rest. And that was great. And yeah. it's so cordial, man. And this is where we first learn about his father. Yeah. His sword. Six-fingered man. How cool is that sword? It's a pretty dope sword. It's a cool-looking sword. I, this is one of the other funny things. So they make a point in the book about uh, the, the six-fingered man needs a special sword. Because he has the sixth finger, mm-hmm. all the swords don't fit him right. Right. And and so he's not as good of a swordsman as he should be. Mm. But Inigo is one of the best swordsmen in the world. The best in the world. Because mm. he does kill the six-fingered man. Mm. But he's fighting with a sword made for someone with six fingers. Yeah. 
So he's not even to his full potential with that weapon. That's scary. Yeah, I wonder how so good he could be with a good weapon. So would he have beat Wesley with? I don't think he could beat Wesley. I don't know. So what's Wesley? If, if, yeah, if Nico's the best. And Nico's been training for 20 years, has traveled and, the world working with everyone. And at max, Wesley has done it for five. And it seems like he's just worked with the one pirate. Yeah. I'm not sold <laughs> on, Wesley that on who Wesley truly was. There's a he's lot a more man. going on with Wesley. Maybe Wesley is the original Dread Pirate Roberts. I he retires it. for a little while. And comes back looking like he's 20. Wesley's the villain. Dude, I can see it. I'd buy it. 24 minutes is when everyone else turned off the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, our 40 viewers really went down after 24 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I wish on podcasts you could see like when they stopped listening. <laughs> that would make it so- That'd be a great joke. Just reoccurring jokes. Yeah, it would. All right. And everyone turned the podcast off now. We can switch and talk about our plans for world domination. Yeah, remember how we said we'd lose everyone if we yeah. mess this up? Maybe we shouldn't. We're messing it up. Yeah, I know. Anyway, sword fight. Yep, sword fight happens. I, I want to talk about how great that scene is where he's telling the story about his father. Yeah. Mandy Patinkin is one of the greatest actors that has never really hit it huge. That's an interesting statement. Yeah. Have you watched Criminal Minds? Yeah. He's, he's giddy in the first three seasons of Criminal Minds. And he's really good in that, too. He is good. No, that's just a really... That's a fair point. Yeah. This is a very serious moment in a very not serious movie. Yeah. And he does it very well. I agree. Huh. I like it. It's good. Which is why I want him to play Domingo Montoya in a remake. Yeah, I, I completely <laughs> agree. Yeah. And then they fight left-handed. Yeah, so that helped. That was great for me because I'm left-handed. Same. And when I fight, I fight left-handed. I alternate. You alternate? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I haven't been in that many fights, though, so. <laughs> I typically dual wield. Oh, okay. I've got I've got a sword in my left hand and a sandwich in my right hand. Be energized during the fight. <laughs> you know what they said in the health pyramid to always have a sandwich in your hand. Yeah, that's a, that was the pyramid. That's a, that's a balanced diet. Is a sandwich in each hand. Oh, when gosh. I finish one, I need another one. Somewhere, someone somewhere is finding this funny. <laughs> oh, well, everyone else is probably like, just you and me tomorrow. Well, this yeah. No, it's probably just someone in the UK or someone. It's like <laughs> one person thinks this is hilarious. All right, 26 minutes is where everyone else left. Um, I like that throughout the fight, they're naming all the different fighting styles. Yeah, so that was very much a master sword fight. Yeah. A master's... They're like the two best sword fighters in the world. Yeah, so nothing was really happening. Yeah. They're too evenly matched, they're bored, so they have to debate while they're fighting. Yeah, so they have to have a nice conversation. You can almost imagine if the fight went on a little bit longer, they pull out a chessboard. Yeah. Play chess (laughs) while fighting. Yuru! <laughs> have to fight around the board to the really other side. Funny. Yeah, I got you. Man, someone's got to be able to do that somewhere. That'd be amazing. I would do that. You want to sword fight and play chess at the same time? I'm not that good, but yeah. At either one? Either one. I'm yeah. not that good at either one either. Yeah. Especially fencing. I don't fence. I've, so that that was my point though. Such gentlemen, they're fencing. Yeah. They're not. They're not. I mean, fencing, sword fight, whatever. Don't you know? But that's a gentleman's way to fight. It is. Come on. I wonder when is this when is this story supposed to be taking place? The the well because they're fencing, and that's well that's a French thing first off. Yeah, and they're very much not French. No, not not at all. Um, Amigo Spanish. That's a good history question, actually. Fact checker. I mean, Google the, Google when was fencing? The a one thing? time we actually needed a fact checker. <laughs> okay, so we'll make our own facts up. This takes place in the 1300s. 
and um, <laughs> 1300s in modern France and Germany. Yeah, it's remarkable. Yes, the fight takes place on the border. That cliff is on the border of France and Germany by yeah. the uh, Indian Ocean. I've been there. That neither of them touch. Yeah, the Indian, <laughs> the French Indian Ocean border. You know, Germany, the landlocked country. Yeah, is right there. So then Inigo has the, 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 he admits that Wesley is better than him, but he's still smiling. Wesley says, why are you smiling? Because I am not left-handed. <laughs> and then that was, the, that was so cheesy, but it was great. It's such a cheesy moment, but then he starts winning. It's incredible. I know. So whatever. Then, so then they fight. And he starts winning. Yep. And Wesley admits, I'm not left-handed either. Ta-da. I like the fact that both of them are such good sport, uh, swordsmen. They always fight with their non-dominant hand. Yeah, so why is my first question. Wesley does it because he's no... Or no, uh, Anigo does it. He says in the... Uh, if I fight with my right, it's over too quickly. He gets too bored uh, fighting right-handed. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Wesley decides to do the old switcheroo on him, too. I don't know why. Maybe he sees Anigo has a sword in his left hand. So he figured it'd be easier. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, they fight. He finally gets Anigo. Yeah, he, he beats Inigo. Yep. Another another one of these, uh, the, the movie's just a little weird and off. When he does the, throws his sword and then spins around on the pole and does a backflip. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. And he goes that line, who are you? Yep. No one has consequence. Wesley is just trying to, I, I think there is something up with Wesley. So my fiance. Now he's a gymnast too. So my fiance pointed out in the 80s, that was a big deal. Gym, gymnastics were yeah. massive back then. So having that in your movie was just like a sense, makes sense kind of thing. And it, the film feels kind of low budget in a way. And I think oh, it's sure. supposed to feel. Because you can see when he lands, you can see the jump pad he lands on. Oh yeah, for sure. Which makes it, it's, it's really funny, but it also like, it again plays in this whole, it's a child's imagination thing. Yeah, it makes sense. Hmm. So then Wesley won't kill an ego. Nope, just he respects him. an ego. Just knocks him out. Yeah, knocks him out cold and runs off. Yep. <clears throat> and then he catches up to Fezzik and Vincini. He's going yeah. very fast. Yeah, so he runs at the speed of sound to <laughs> um, to Fezzik. He's the Flash. So, um, Fezzik has been instructed to kill him. Yeah, by hitting him with a rock. Yeah, hitting him with a rock. Very unsportsmanlike. Um, so he decides to go hand-to-hand like that's... Like that's any better. Like that's supposed to be, yeah. Listen, I don't want to fair. kill you with a bomb, so instead I'm going to give you a pistol and I'll have a tank. Yeah. It seems more fair. That, that was perfect. <laughs> um, great. So. But Wesley wins. With that being said, Wesley gets on his back. Yeah, and chokes and, him out. And chokes him out. I also like that they're having a nice conversation, conversation too, where they fight. About very, Wesley's mask. Very cordial. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the one thing I, I just want to say here. Okay. I don't really have a lot to say about this scene. It's kind of cut and dry. Yeah. Um, it happens very quickly. Actually, this, these kind of, this scene and the next scene, I don't really have a lot to say. Just because, like, well, that's a lie. Anyways. <laughs> um, how did he, like, with how big Andre the Giant was. Yeah. He's a big dude. I feel like with how hard he was slammed into those rocks with Wesley on his back, though. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, man, that's gotta be painful. No, I mean, you could at that much force, you could crush. I mean, yeah, Wesley's gotta have broken ribs <coughs> easily. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, that, that's a big <clears throat> dude slamming you into solid rock. There's a lot about Wesley we don't know. He's bulletproof, and, uh, and apparently he can choke Andre the Giant out. That doesn't sound too hard. <laughs> do you want to 
try it? Uh, he's dead, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot the rock for you. <laughs> you try that, how? Huh? Rest in peace, Andre the Giant. So yeah, that scene isn't that. It's a very quick scene. Yeah. And we're gonna spend all of thirty seconds talking about it. No, that's it. And this is where we see that Humperdinck is hunting them. Yeah. So they quickly just come back and are like, "Here was the fights." Yeah. And he he's, I like when he's on the beach and he's like tracing their footsteps, and you see him like uh, repeat part of the battle. Yeah. Because like it, it shows the kind of hunter he is. Hmm? He knows like even by their footsteps, how were they standing? Mm-hmm. How were like who they was forwards, when, back, who exactly. won, who lost? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell who won. Mm-hmm. That's some pretty remarkable tracking. That is, and he, and he he rides off after the winner. Yes. The winner is going that way. Don't worry about the loser. He's probably no one. He's a loser. He's a loser. <laughs> and then it gets to the battle of wits between Vincini and Wesley. So this is the last time we see Vincini. Vincini. Um, I, like, I like that Vincini has taken the time to set up a picnic. <laughs> yeah, what was that? He's just like, like Wesley's fight doesn't take that long. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's almost like he got out of eyesight. He's like, you know what? Wesley's going to beat Fezzik. I'm hungry. Where did he even have the stuff? I didn't even see him carrying a bag. He's got a very small bag on his side, but not small enough for like he's got for cheese <laughs> and a wine goblet. <laughs> You're so right. It's like he found it. He's just like, yeah. you know, it'd be great here. A picnic. If I poison him. Yeah. Through a battle of wits. Yeah. So uh, Wesley comes up and, and brings out the the poison. Mm-hmm. I okay. He yeah. He challenges him to a battle of wits. Um, <coughs> This is a fun little scene if you watch Wesley. Because mm-hmm. he is getting, he's looking more and more nervous as Vincent goes on. Yeah. But he knows he's not going to lose. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he's cheating, because he's a pirate. Because he's a pirate and immune to it. Yeah. But he is getting more nervous. He's, he's acting along. Yeah, he did a good job with selling that. Yeah. It's like he, he has to outsmart Vincent. He's realized that already. Yeah, for sure. By outdumbing him. Yeah. So how did he build up a, a tolerance to that? I mean, it's possible. Guess my in five years though, that's a just dedication. Again, I, I think that Wesley's a CIA agent. What is Wesley? <laughs> what is he? We he need is, to know more. He is not what he says he is. In five years, I've become an expert sword fighter, hand to hand combat. I'm yep. immune to Iocane yep. powder. I'm a great sailor. Yep. I'm a great horseman. Yep. Horseman. I can. Horse ro- I can. I can climb walls like none other. Yeah. Wesley, what are you? You're, you're scary, man. I don't yeah. want Wesley to win anymore. Yep. <laughs> so he he Vincini takes the drinks in the goblet. Yep. Claims he's won and yep. then dies. Yep. And Wesley very suddenly changes. Like he yeah. seems very gentlemanly and nice about these first three battles, and then he gets to Buttercup, and he suddenly starts acting like a jerk. Yeah. And I think it's he's. I wrote down that he's hiding his identity, until he sees like what's up with her. Hmm. Because for all he knows, she's getting married. Mm. And it's only been like what five years or so. Mm-hmm. He maybe thinks mm-hmm. that she's moved on already. Yeah. So that was the inciting conflict. Yeah. For the hill roll. <laughs> yeah, they're fighting and arguing. This is another good question. How did he know to come after her when she gets kidnapped? Does he find out Vincini's going to try to kill her? I, I. That's the only thing I got. If he is, I mean. Vincini is a criminal, yeah. right? You know, and obviously the dread pirate is a criminal. So maybe they there's a network or something. I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing I can know of. That or the marriage was public enough that he heard about it. Yeah, but he follows them on sea. 
Like, he doesn't come until they're already on the boat. Yeah, leaving. so it, ha- it has to be... I almost wonder if uh, he didn't know that Humperdinck was trying to kill her. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, because w- it would make sense if, if Humperdinck has come to Vincini mm-hmm. asking him to kill Buttercup. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was going to other people, too. That's actually possible. Yeah, Wesley yeah. may have known that Buttercup was going. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. And he was, like, going to save her. Oh, I see what you're saying. Unless he was just coming to find her and then Got saw it. her get kidnapped. So. Which is a huge coincidence. Oh, my goodness. That makes a lot of sense, though. Hmm. And knowing Wesley, he probably built a boat right then and there. Sure. And that's why he was not immediately on them. He had yeah. to take time to build the boat. Anyway, it's okay. a pirate. You can't get over the fact he's been a pirate the whole time. Well, no, I can't, because it doesn't make sense. It's like watching the Pirates of the Caribbean. You're like, yeah, go Johnny Depp. Wait, you're a criminal in this universe. Ex- well. He is, though. Well, he's also yeah. a good guy. He, he set all those slaves free. Yeah. We'll talk okay. about that when we talk about Pirates, Pirates all right. of the Caribbean. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> I had to skip over my cast list. Hold on. I wrote it on this page. Um. So. They fall down the hill, and he does the whole "as you wish." Uh, <laughs> How terrible is that? That is the worst part of this movie. It doesn't sound like he's falling, rolling down a hill. As you, can you talk in slow motion for this part of the movie? It doesn't sound like you're rolling down a hill. It sounds like he's and, like and dropped that, out of an airplane. And with that being said, we're like brutally falling down that hill. A big hill, like a huge hill. I feel like you hit a rock. You're gonna die. Yeah, or at least get very dead. hurt. This is again a child's imagination, but Good, okay, they See, should be dead. What a cop out card, but that's so bad. It works. It's it's a cop out, but it works. And then they they're in love, <sighs> and the the grandson demands we skip the kissing part. Yeah, we skip the kissy part. Um, apparently she forgets that he was about to hit her. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> oh, he had threatened to hit her. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. Anyways. But all's good. They're Did all... he actually hit her, hit her? No, he like rose. Like, yeah, yeah. That was a warning in my country. Yeah. He's a okay. Jerk. In your country, you abuse women. In your country, a block away from here. Rise up. <laughs> Don't let this be in the second movie, guys. So, so then they go into the fire swamp. And Wesley learns very quickly how to survive a fire swamp. He's not who he says he is. Conspiracy theory. What is up with what? And this is where we hear his backstory of he was going to yeah. be killed by the drug pirate Robert. Yep. But he said, please. Yeah. And, and that did it. Probably killed Roberts and took over the ship. Well, that's not how he tells the story, but yeah. Yeah, that's probably what happened. <laughs> okay. And we find out there's multiple dread pirate Roberts out there. Some of them are retired. Yeah, just living the life in Costa Rica. I can't remember. It wasn't Costa Rica. It was like some sort of island or whatever. I think it was Italy or something. Yeah. Some Italian cool. island. Something nice. There's one of those islands out there. Yeah, they all have islands. And then uh, they, get a, they get attacked by the RUFs. Yep. Do you hear a funny story about the RUFs? What's that? So, it, in the movie, it's played by a midget in a rat costume. I believe it. Who, the night before the filming, uh, spent part of his paycheck, got super drunk, and arrested for peeing in public. And that morning, the director had to go bail him out of jail to film the scene. Because there was no one else. Yeah. That's amazing. That's terrible. That's so funny. That's amazing. Anyway, so he, he kills the RUF. Yep. In what is really the most vicious scene in the movie. Yeah, so one, I have another issue with this scene. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do have an issue with this scene. I have an issue with the RUSs, but go on. Well, yes. That Let's just, kids' imagination, let's just say that that 
Yeah. Let's put that under that blanket. Buttercup. Mm-hmm. She just stands, she stands there. there. She just stands She's there. She's terrified. But yeah, she's just standing there during the I whole just, fight. I looked to my fiance. I was like, sweetheart, if I'm ever in a fight, feel free to do something. The giant not... rodent is biting me. <laughs> yeah. If I'm just like, you know, being incapacitated and there's no reason for you not to do something. <laughs> right. She has his sword. She has his sword. And she finally, at the end, she does something. But it's only after he's like, hey, I'm being eaten. And she hits him with a log. Yeah. And I then like, gives him his sword so he can stab the girl. rat. What? Come on. <laughs> she's a farm girl, man. I get it. Yeah, she's probably used to she's rats. She's a farm girl. <sighs> I get this a giant rat. I, but, yes, but the man you love, I don't, you know, I just. By the way, how funny is that line? The roads of unusual size? I don't think they exist. And then he gets a He's even literally though, just seen one. Yeah, even though he just saw one. He just walked it, wa- watched it walk by. He's like, oh, all right. I don't think they exist. <laughs> I don't think they're real. What? Just like the moon landing. <laughs> don't start this again. <laughs> <laughs> don't start that again. Okay. Shauna's not here. <laughs> that was a really inside joke for our listeners. Very inside Sorry, guys. Joke. Okay. We don't think the moon is real. <laughs> we think the moon is fake. It's a satellite up there. They're watching us. <laughs> Beware. We all live in the Night Vale universe. So then they fall into the world's quickest uh, That was quicksand. before this. What? That was, was right that before this, yeah. Did we already talk about that? No, we didn't. We there skipped wasn't over really it much because to, it There takes, wasn't really much to talk about. Nothing happens. Yeah. She falls in a hole, and then yeah. he falls down the hole and carries her back out. Woo! Doesn't even seem like she's really in danger. Yeah, you're completely right. Let's keep going. All right, moving on from... So they get out of the fire swamp. Yep. And... Humperdinck's forces surround him. Yep. Where have they come from? I don't know. Because it's not like they ride up on the trail. He's got archers hiding in the trees. You're not wrong. How 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 big is this is this swamp? Apparently big enough to have an army hidden in in, in it. And he also just goes around it really fast. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's something. Don't know. Don't know. think about it. How do they even find him? Okay, keep going. So Wesley's willing to die instead of hand over Buttercup, which also makes me think he he knows Humperdinck's going to kill her. For sure. So that reinforces the theory that's how he found out. Yeah. And then Buttercup's like, if I go with him, you have to promise not to hurt him. Take him back to his ship. Yeah. But then Humperdinck tells Count Rugen, just kill him as soon as we're out of sight. Yep. And everyone knows that that's going to happen but her. I like I like Wesley's line of... Yeah. Um, we're, it's like we're gentlemen or something like that. Yeah, when when Count Rugen says, we'll take you to your ship, and, and Wesley says, come now, we're men of action. Lies don't become us. Like, That's he knows, it. I yeah. know, you're going to yeah. try to kill me. Yep. Count Rugen's like, you're very right, and then knocks him out. You're very right. No, he asks about, he says, you've got six fingers on your hand. Someone's looking for you. Yep. I like that line. And then he uh, he knew. Yeah. That scares Rugen. Yeah. Do you see that? Like, Yeah. He's been keeping tabs on this guy. Or something. What did he go? Well, okay, so they did, again, they mentioned this in the book. They didn't really mention the movie. And if they if they remake it, I want to see talk more about it. Because uh, Rugen, when when little 10-year-old... Uh, Anigo says that he challenged Rugen to a fight when he was 10 years old and lost horribly, mm-hmm. naturally. He's 10 years old, and this guy's yep. a count. Yep. <laughs> uh, by the way, if he's a count, he's probably like Humperdinck's second cousin or something. Yes, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's how they didn't really talk about that. They, they're probably reasonably close family. Yeah, but they didn't. 
ever really probably emphasize that back in that time. That's true. Anyway, but in in the book they say that even though the fight was over in like ten seconds, mm-hmm. uh, Rugen was off balance for the first couple seconds of it because Inigo was already like a really scary good fighter. Mm. Like for the first couple seconds, uh, Rugen was honestly kind of worried. Yeah. Because Inigo was just filled with rage and getting sure. a little off her hand. Then it loses naturally. Yeah. But I think Rugen's honestly kind of afraid of Inigo. Of course. Yeah. He acts very non-gentlemanly yeah. in the fight later. Yeah. Because I think he's afraid to fight Inigo. Yep. Hmm. Yep. All right. So, <laughs> I wrote Humperdinck did it in big letters. I just saw your notes there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we, we, we jump forward a little bit. Hmm? Like a day or two. Yep. Wesley is in the prison. Yep. Uh, Buttercup. The dungeon is there. Yeah. That's okay. There's another cool thing in the book. That's actually the bottom level of a five tier underground uh, hunting zoo that Humperdinck has built. In case you can't go hunting, he's brought animals to him. Okay. Yeah. So there's <laughs> five, there's four there's five levels levels. The first four have different types of animals in them, like uh, animals of strength, animals of speed, animals of agility, animals of stealth, and you can just pick one, let it loose in an arena, and fight it. Okay. Yeah. And the bottom level is left empty for his biggest foe. So it's one that he thinks he may not be able to defeat. Hmm. And it, it turns out to be Wesley that he puts in there. Hmm. Which is kind of cool. But also... What an honor. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's just a fun fact. That's a good great, great fact. Also, how crazy it is you have an underground zoo full of animals to hunt. Kind of weird. And the, 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 the albinos paid to keep them all healthy. That's weird. Okay. So I like the albinos. I never talked about the albino, but I like that character. Yeah, he's kind of nothing. He's it's there for a minute. Yeah. So it's in the dungeon that he's hooked up to the suction cup machine. Yeah. So this this life-sucking device, again, like, really this is ridiculous to think about. It's a kid thing. But a kid's like, yeah, yeah. this is totally cool. That's sure. Totally yeah. what's happening. It is really fascinating. This is where you see Count Rugen is very unconnected. Mm-hmm. Like from life in general, because yeah. he watches he watches Wesley scream and he's just very calmly. How would you rate your pain? Yeah, he's terrifying in that scene. Of course, yeah, he's like a scientist, like a mad scientist. He reminds me of the um, from X Men Origins when you see the Nazi scientist that was experimenting on young Magneto. He reminds me of that guy, of Kevin Bacon's mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. like just very disconnected. Oh yeah, doesn't care about life or death at all. Yeah, we should talk about that movie sometime. That was a good movie. Yes. Anyway, Buttercup is refusing to get married because she's in love with Wesley. Yeah. And at first, Humperdinck says, I will send out these ships. Yeah. And if Wesley doesn't come back, he will marry me. Yep. And then he says... Uh, that's that's somehow a... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he just says, you know what? I've tried... No one, Mr. Nice Guy. I'm just going to force you to marry me. Yeah. Well, and then I'm going to kill you. Yeah, that's great. What's, what exactly is his plan here? He wants to start a war. With Gilda. Yes. By killing his wife. Yep. Okay, I, I hate to nitpick your Humperdinck. Sure. You are the prince, basically already the king. Yeah. Your dad's not doing anything. You are in charge. Yeah. You could just start a war. You could. You could just attack. We actually never really hear why he wants to start a war, if it's just because he's young, or if it's just because... That's a good question. There's, like, an actual reason to start a war. I don't know. Like, they don't, and they don't really talk about it in the book, either. They say that Florin and Gildor are old enemies, kind of like England and France are. Sure. I think they're even supposed to kind of beat England and France. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they are. I think Florin's supposed to be old France. And Gildor's supposed to be old England. But also, they're in a time of peace and have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think Humperdinck just wants to fight. 
I think that's it. He's just a kid. Yeah. So why do this whole, oh, the Gilgar people killed my wife. Let's go fight them. You could just, just go fight them, dude. I think he wants a, he's a coward. Yeah. I, I think he's a coward that he wants a, a legit reason for his men to rally around him. No, I mean, that's fair. You want a reason for your men to rally instead of just like, hey, let's go fight those guys. Yeah. And his men are like, nah. Why? Yeah, exactly. Why? We'll have it so good here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, Fezzik finds Inigo. Inigo's drunk. Yep. That's so funny. Go figure. I'm waiting, Vincity. I'm waiting. Yeah, he's like very drunk. Very drunk. But Fezzik finds him, nurses him back to soberness, and tells him everything. Because Fezzik now works for the king, which I find very funny. Yeah, not sure how that happened, but it's fine. I, I mean, I, I like to imagine, because, uh, you know, the Humperdinck had all these people with him when he was tracking down the queen. Mm-hmm. And I think he, like, was leaving a few behind in each spot. Yeah. I like to imagine that probably Rugen on the way back to Florence with mm-hmm. an unconscious Wesley mm-hmm. just saw Fezzik and was like, you, we need you. You're hired. You are set. You're taller than us while we are on horses. You're hired. 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 Yeah. I like to imagine that Fezzik just accidentally got a job because he's that big. No, I agree. And he's on the brute squad, which is even better. It's the perfect name. Perfect yeah. place for him. I like that line, Miracle Max. I'm on the brute squad. You are the brute squad. Yes. So... Is that transitioning America? We're about to Miracle Max. Fezzik finds Inigo. Inigo and Fezzik decide they're going to save Wesley. Yep. So they find uh, the white albino. Oh, here's a funny little scene where Inigo, they knock out the albino before they can figure yep. out how to get into the dungeon. Yep. Inigo prays to his father. And yeah. then the sword magically takes him to the <laughs> secret latch. Yeah, that was silly. That's funny. That's a fairy tale right there. That is a fairy tale thing. It's funny. I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts about King Arthur and all of his knights and stuff, and it seems like it's pulled right out of a quest for the Round Table. I completely believe that. It is really funny. I love it though. Completely believe. So they find an ego and they take him to Miracle Max. Yep. Who's played by Billy Crystal, mm-hmm. who's one of the funniest people ever. I'm so glad that he was in that. Me too. He's old friends with the director. It's how he got in the movie. I'm so happy about it. It's a perfect scene too. It's a so everything about the scene's perfect. Uh, I like that he they're just he and his wife are just fighting and yep. he goes like, hey, 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 we're paying here, help us. Yep. And he, he only do he only does it because he it's gonna disgrace Humperdinck, his biggest enemy. Yep. What did he say in it? It's like he has a reason or what was it? He had he he mentions that the only time he's ever worked for as cheap as sixty dollars is when mm. it was a very noble cause. That's it. Now that's a noble cause. <laughs> yeah. That's what he says. This will bring disgrace to Humperdinck. Ha! That's a noble cause. Give me the sixty bucks. Yep. He still takes the sixty yeah, bucks. Now that's a noble cause. You gotta pay for chocolate somehow. I guess so. Maybe back then though. I mean, and they give Wesley the pill. Yep. And Wesley is slowly regaining his strength. Yeah, what's in that chocolate? <laughs> I don't know remarkable it is a really funny it's really it's a really funny motif throughout the rest of the film yeah. that wesley is slowly getting more and more strength yes and like you moved your arm does it make you happy we're about to die i should be happy because i moved my arm uh-huh yeah that's really? a great little comedy relief there <laughs> and this is again it's a little ridiculous of a film they get through the gate there's 60 of guards of course and wesley's just like uh can't think of a plan well if only we had a wheelbarrow well, we have one right here if only we had a holocaust poke how about this one? Yeah. Everything you need is right there. It's like in a video game when everything you need for your quest is in a chest right outside the castle. Yes. It's a, it's a great scene, too, where they're like... Where like, he's like, now, if I would have known we had a wheelbarrow... If I, I would have known, I would have... Well, we do have one. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's perfect. And then they, go, they scare off all the guards by setting Fezzik on fire. 
Which would scare me too. Yeah, that would scare everyone. So I, I do want to like touch base on this here for a second. Yeah. What's a, what is a Holocaust coat? So I think it's made up because I've looked okay. into this before and I couldn't find it. It seems to just be a fireproof clothing that that catches on fire. Probably for going into the fire swamp. Got it. That catches on fire. Well, but it's it doesn't hurt Fezzik. Sure. My my guess would be they put something on it that could catch on fire, but Fezzik could be fine inside the cloak. Got it. That's some advanced <clears throat> technology. Yeah. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> okay. It's, it's no stupider than the so he's, suction life thing. You're not wrong, but all right. So sixty guards. Yeah. Gone, but one because a flying fire giant is coming at them. I mean, that would do it for me. I would leave. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, I didn't do sign up for this. And then, and then Fezzik catches the, the, what are they called, portcullis? Yeah. And, like, just breaks them yep. off. And just throws it up. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah. And they break in. They're fighting their way through guards. Yep. And we get to see a Negro's cool sword play fighting four guards at once. I'm very happy about that. And then Count Rugen comes and faces a Negro. And it's epic. And Inigo has his line. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yep. It's, that's actually on the list of one of the best 100 movie lines of all time. As it should be. As it should be. As it should be. And Rugen runs away. No. Because he's Guard. terrified of a Negro. Of course. <laughs> he's the terrified. best in the world. He's terrified that a Negro is still hunting him. Yeah. 20 years later. I wouldn't be. He's such a coward, Rugen. Oh, yeah. Because he also then, like, he won't fight a Negro. He throws a knife at him. Like, hides and then oh, hits yeah. him with a knife. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's... We should, uh, this scene, we're, we're skipping a little bit, but we should talk about this scene where Nico fights Count Rugen. Sure, sure. Because he has the knife, he gets stabbed in the gut. Mm -hmm. He pulls the knife out and shoves his fist in his gut. Yeah, so first off. That's gross. That's gross. <laughs> but also awesome. Like, how strong you have to be to do that. Yeah. That is awesome. That's pretty, that's a, that's resolve. I love the, he keeps saying it over and over. My name is Nico Montoya, you killed my father. And he's getting up more. And he's standing yeah. up, and he's fighting strong. Well, he has a choice. purpose. He does. He's fighting with a purpose. I've got to beat him. Mm -hmm. And it, it's my... So it's driving him. Yes. It's my favorite line in this whole movie. Yeah. When he finally disarms him. And if you notice, he repeats every wound that the mm -hmm. Count gives to him. Yeah. First, the, the two cuts on his cheek. Yep. The stab in each arm that the Count has just done to him. Yep. And then he's holding him there against the wall, and he's offering me money, offering me riches. Anything I want, anything I ask for. And the Count says, uh, all I have and more, anything you want. And Ego stabs him. I want my father back. <laughs> yes. That is so, that's heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking, but so, like, awesome. <clears throat> it is. Yeah. The actor, his father died a couple years earlier from cancer. Mm. And he, he, he's talked about how that, that line mm -hmm. was very personal mm -hmm. to him. I delivered it so well. Yeah, you can Before. tell. I love when you can tell that something had means something to the Absolutely. actor. Absolutely, it's good. That I, I love. I love that actor. I oh, can't yeah. stop talking about him. For much sure. He he said many views before. People do still come up to him thirty years later and of they'll course. say, "Hello, my name is Nemanja." He loves it. That's amazing. He'll finish the line. It's cool. Oh, that's amazing. So Fezzik helps them. Uh, helps Aniga go after Rugen and then comes back mm -hmm. to get Wesley, mm -hmm. who is gone. Yep. Wesley can't walk. Nope. And he somehow makes it to the bridal suite? Somehow. Huh. All right. Yeah. Don't I just, question it. I don't know who Wesley is. Okay? <laughs> Wesley is something. And it's scary. Uh, 
Okay, so so uh, I, I lost where we were for a second because I forgot Wesley. we had to go back a little bit. Sorry, Wesley is in the... So Humperdinck forces their way to the wedding. Oh, yeah. He yeah, sends yeah, Buttercup yeah. to the bridal suite. Mm-hmm. He's going to go check on things and come in in a minute. Mm-hmm. And Wesley's there and stops her from committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And and then Count Rugen comes in. Yep. And Wesley has his great little speech. Yep. He's laying in the bed. We'll fight to the death. No, to the pain. Yep. That's like... He's totally bullcrapping the whole time. Oh, for sure. But it works. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. He scares Humperdinck. Because mm-hmm. no one's ever stood up to Humperdinck before. Oh, for sure. First time he's been given a and just reality a, check yeah. or something. Well, yeah, that's what it is. It's yeah, like it's the first reality. time anyone's ever dared to stand up to him. Yeah. Kind of got respected a little bit. Wesley literally stands up <laughs> with a sword. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Humperdinck drops his weapon, too. Yeah. He doesn't even try fighting. No, he's. Well, he knows kind of a little bit about this guy. Yeah. He knew he's the guy that won. That's true. I mean, he somehow got away from Rugen. Yeah, so... He's got to be scary. So that's why. And then... Uh, Fezzik find the horses. They do nothing to Humperdinck. They just leave. Yeah, but that's okay. No, it's not okay. I mean, like... Well, you got to think, like, what's going to happen immediately after this? Because someone's going to find Humperdinck soon. Oh, sure. And what's he going to, like... Oh, they won. They'll just get away. No, yeah. he's going to go kill them. Of course. He's why got didn't an they army. Do something? Yeah, why didn't they? Yeah, that's a good point. But it's a, it's a perfect fairy tale ending. Yeah. The, they get off on the horses. Fezzik oh. finds these horses. Yeah. And no uh, real ending. And I like the guy. idea that Fezzik was like, oh, Wesley's gone and Eagle's gone. I'm going to go look for horses. Yeah. <laughs> I forget why we're here. Squirrel. <laughs> I found these horses. And then, and then they ride off, and then the grandfather closes the book. Yeah. Kids like, can you read it to me again tomorrow? And then Grandpa says, as you wish. And then it's like, what? And that was the end. And that's the end of the movie. And then they roll the credits by replaying the first scene. I like that. I kind of <laughs> wish that. <laughs> that's kind of fun. This is, a, this is a different episode than we normally done. I feel like we didn't talk about a whole much, except for just how much we love this movie and how terrible of a person Wesley is. Maybe we should pick more controversial movies. Maybe. Or movies <laughs> we like less. But here's the thing. Wesley's not who he says he is. Yeah, there's something up with Wesley. There is something up. I, we need to do a character study on Wesley. Do you want to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so I do want to talk real quick about how the book ends. Okay. How's it end? So the, the book ends just like the movie does. Hmm? And then the, the author says, um, that's how my dad would finish the book. He'd post the book there, wish me good night, and he'd go. Hmm. And years later, when I was a grown-up... Because the whole point of this, the, the book... Is that his dad is read in this fairy tale, mm-hmm. and he eventually grows up and he reads the fairy tale himself, and he finds out his dad had been like live editing all the mm. boring parts out of the fairy tale, because mm. it's not really a fairy tale; it's a history book basically. Mm. And so that his this book he's written is supposed to be an abridged version of the original book. Gotcha. So like there's these sections where he like I'm just cutting out this whole chapter because it's super yeah. boring, blah, blah blah blah. And at the end, he said, "My dad would always stop the story here." And when I was growing up and I read it for the first time, I got very surprised. That actually, after you know, they kiss, uh, Wesley and Buttercup kiss, they ride off into the sunset, and they said, and uh, and then Inigo's wound opens up again, and he passes out, and one of the horses gets shot out from other, under them, and Wesley falls off the horse because he doesn't have that much strength, and that's how the book actually ends. Yeah, everything wow. just something goes terrible. Everything hits the fan. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that in the movie. Me too. I like happy endings for this movie. So. The time has come. Yeah. Without having talked too much about the movie itself, do you have any final thoughts? I think the final thoughts is going to be where we do most of our real discussion. 
other than legitimately Wesley. Yeah, Wesley's a confusing character. Um, no, to be honest with you. The, the thing I love most about this movie is, even as an adult, it makes me feel the way that old Disney movies made me feel when I was like 10. It is a classic. <clears throat> and it, it's a perfect sort of remembrance of the magic of fairy tales in a way. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a adult fairy tale almost. Yeah. I mean, you know, not like content adult, but like it's an adult fairy tale. Yeah. Um, that's just a classic, like a golden classic. There's always just like, oh, I love watching this movie. And it, it's it's just ridiculous enough that when you watch it, you're kind of laughing at how absurd fairy tales are. But also, you can't help but be happy at the end when they win. Yeah. It's a happy ending. Who yeah. doesn't like that? And it, it, I love it because it, you know, I, I kind of laugh at how strange fairy tales are, but I also, I, I get this warm comfort. It's like, but fairy tales are really cool. Yeah. It's like, it's like at the end of a hard day, you slip into a warm bath. It's like, yeah, baths yeah. are kind of absurd, but they feel so good. Yeah, I agree. So that was it. That was I completely agree. Bride. Completely agree. So now we have something here in Netflix. I said Netflix. Sorry. This no, episode brought to you by Netflix. Affiliated. It says it on our Twitter bio um, where we <laughs> have come up with a patent pending, not really, rating system Yeah. for our movies. Based on how much time, money, and effort you're willing to go in to put in to see the film. So, one. Well, do you want to explain? Yeah, uh, just like five levels. The top one is go see it in theaters. Then there's buy it, rent it, borrow it, and skip it. The movie's not even worth your time. Buy it. You think this is a buy it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I do you think, not agree? I think this is a go see it. Well, yeah. Okay. But I get why you say it's a buy it. I do. I almost feel like, yeah, we should have a conversation about a rating scale. <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, because, like, some need both. They do need both. There almost needs to be, like, an A+. plus. Can I say, like, a 4 and a 5? Like, like it's, a, it's halfway between them? Yeah. It's a half buy it, half go like, see it. If you're doing a throwback thing, which the theaters did and we missed it, by the way. But the, oh, we did. Yeah. Man, it's a crap. If there was a throwback movie, you need to go see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, buy it with the caveat that if it gets re-released in theaters, you should go that's see it. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So when I say buy it, that's what I mean for that. Yeah. And it, it's, it is weird to say go see it in theaters when we haven't talked about a movie that's been in theaters when we Yes. Missed. Yeah. But, um, which is changing. It is changing. Eventually. <laughs> Soon. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The, the idea behind the go see it for me is just that I would be willing to go yeah. see it in theaters. Uh, that's anyway. good. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. So I would say buy it with the caveat of if it comes in theaters, you need to go see it. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, that, so, was, that was the episode. That was a very weird episode. Yeah, there's just, it's just like there's not a lot to talk about with the movie. Maybe this wasn't a good movie to pick. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But with that being said, Luke, what's the next flick we're going to see? I'm in between two. Okay. Do you need a quarter to flip? I actually do. I don't have one. I shouldn't have Great. <laughs> Thanks. I just realized all, <laughs> all the coins are in that room. Do you need Do you need help making your decision? Yeah. Oh, great. I, can, I don't have one. I don't oh, have any way to help. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Okay. I'm just going to pick one. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great. So the next flick that we are going to be talking about and tearing apart, we'll have a little more content to it, and it's going to be Inception. Oh! 
You love Inception. I do love Inception. I've never seen it. Oh my gosh. I know. You Oh my god. I haven't seen any Christopher Nolan besides uh, the Batman trilogy. And you think that's a crime. I also haven't seen The Prestige or uh what was the other one he did recently? I forgot you haven't yeah. seen Inception. <laughs> Guys. I have not seen Inception. I tune back in. I know too oh. much about Inception though. So it's going to be an interesting watch. But yeah, I I, okay. I, I kind of can't wait to see it. I've got to figure out how I can see it. All right, that's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we have a Twitter. We do have a Twitter now. It is NextFlixPod, N X T F L I X P O D. We also have a Facebook, but I'm not sure that's live yet, so we'll, I'll, I'll mention so, it next time. Tweet us at our Twitter. <coughs> yeah, we'll do a shout out if someone tweets us. Oh, we also have an email. I think uh, I'm pretty sure it's also NextFlixPod at gmail.com. Email it us might your sponsorship just be Netflix at email.com. All right, guys. Cool. Thanks Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Hey, everyone. Quick note. We actually got the Twitter handle wrong. The handle is at P-O-D-N-X-T. The Twitter is called NextFlixPod, but the handle is different. Cool. Thank you.